With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, 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 sit back, relax, and let me talk to you for a second. Good people, y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Ray Garvin, captain of the Destination Devi Ship, over here rocking out with you with the Future Cast Show here on the Roto Underworld Radio Network. This is episode eight, baby. And y'all know what we do, man. I come to you every Monday, bright and early, to let you know what the hell went down this past Saturday, where you need to focus your attention to. Most of us playing in traditional dynasty leagues, the trade deadline is passed. So now your team stinks, you're done, you're out of the playoffs. So you're like, who the hell is going to be a part of this 2021 class? That's why your ass needs to be locked in. You need to be locked into the show. You need to follow me on Twitter. You need to get ready. Get ready because it's coming, man. Before we know it, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the actual combine and pro days and then the NFL draft to be here in this horrible 2020 football season. And we'll be long gone. We'll be over. We we need to get out of here. We need to we need to move on. Let's get to 2021 and let's figure out what players are actually going to be fantasy relevant. And we're going to help us win a true title in 2021. Because for most of us, unless you were just flat ass lucky, we ain't there, man. I mean, some shit is just beyond our control. In 2020, we were excited for it. We were we were ready for this rookie class for years. And the fantasy space, the atmosphere, the situations, the conditions just slapped the shit out of us and our team stink. And, and here we are watching Mitchell Trubisky on Sunday Night Football. But this past Saturday, man, uh, you know, th- there were some... Decent performances from some players. I know a lot of people are losing their minds over Jared Patterson in Buffalo and him running for 400 yards and eight TDs, and that is not a mistake. He ran for 400 yards and eight touchdowns in a single game versus Kent State. Ridiculous, ridiculous production from Jared Patterson, and we'll talk about Jared Patterson a little bit later, but I really want to to focus our attention on a candidate, an unlikely hero an unlikely player to be looked at and viewed as the wide receiver one in the 2021 class, a player who for most of his career had been overlooked for most of his career. He was not mentioned with the big three. He was not viewed as this top tier talent, this top tier prospect, but all he's done 
since his freshman year is produce, win national championships, produce some more, and then and then just continue to smash. That's all he's done. And the player that I'm talking about is so controversial, not because of his production. No one no one questions how good he's been. No one questions the the numbers that he's put up throughout his collegiate career or the competition that he faced or his speed or athleticism or hands or route running. None of that shit. It, 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 none of it comes up when we're when we're referencing Devonta Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama. None of that comes up. The only thing that people want to talk about, the only thing that people bring up is his weight. That is it. His weight. That His weight, literally. Get on the scale. That is the only thing people use in 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 their in their argument against this player who has been nothing but productive since the time that he stepped field stepped foot on uh, a college football field in Tuscaloosa Alabama in the SEC Devonta Smith coming out of high school was not just some scrub who happened to stumble into Alabama right I, I talked about this on the on the last episode of the future cast show Hell, maybe it was two ago. I, I don't remember. Um, but Justin Jefferson was a player who truly did stumble into LSU. He had two older brothers who played football at LSU. Therefore, the family lineage, he gets an opportunity to go to LSU. He did absolutely nothing as a freshman, produced very well as a sophomore. And then we know what happened his junior season and what he's doing right now in the NFL. But Devonta Smith was a top player. He was a he was a a U.S. Army All American out of high school. He was one of the top wide receivers in the country. Twenty four seven Sports had him rated higher than C.D. Lamb, Tylen Wallace, Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs. The only fantasy relevant players who were ranked ahead of this of, of Devonta Smith coming out of high school were Jerry Judy teammate at Alabama, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and that's really it. I mean, he was that dude coming out of high school. So when he entered into Alabama, there was a lot of competition on the field. You know, there were a lot of, and I ain't going to say it because I'm not going to have Matt Kelly hit me with the cliche alert, but there were a lot of targets that needed to be distributed on that Alabama team. And Devonta Smith didn't shy away from any of that, man. He didn't transfer. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't look to play second fiddle. What he did as a true freshman, if, if you guys remember when Alabama played Georgia in the national championship game, Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback of that team. Tua comes in at halftime because Hurts was ineffective. Comes in, plays well, gets them back into the game. They go to overtime. First play in overtime, Tua Tungvalu takes a 17-yard sack. First play of overtime. Now, in college, most coaches play conservatively, right? At that point in time, the college rules are a little bit different than the NFL, where both teams get an opportunity to, to score, whether that be a field goal or a touchdown. Most college coaches in that situation, they play it safe. They kick the field goal. Alabama had a great defense. You play defense, you get the ball back, you try to win it later. No, 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 no. What Tua and Nick Saban and that coaching staff did was put the ball in Tua's hands, and who did Tua throw the game-winning strike for a touchdown to win that game to? Threw it to Devonta Smith. Every time that Tua needed to be bailed out throughout his career, 
He was looking towards number six. He was looking to get Devonta Smith the ball. Those of you who have not seen Devonta Smith play, he has not only smashed throughout his collegiate career, he's had a five-touchdown game. He had five touchdowns last season versus Ole Miss. He is a route-running separation creator. I mean, I, I am not this big route-running savant. He runs a great route, so he's got to be a great player. I think it's, I don't care how you create separation. You can create separation with, with, with your route running. You can create separation with speed. You can create separation with physicality and power. As long as you can get away from the defensive back long enough to catch the damn ball, I don't care how it's done. He just so happens to be a tremendous route runner. He has outstanding hands and his speed. He is going to run 4-4 and potentially probably sub 4-4 in the 40-yard dash. He's that explosive. He's that fast. He's that fluid. He's that good when the ball is in the air. He's that good when the ball is in his hands. He's that good, period, on the outside, inside, versus man coverage, understanding zone coverage. He is a phenomenal wide receiver. And it ain't just me saying it. So when you look at what Devonta Smith did as a, as a sophomore, right? So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go past his freshman season. Freshman season, I think he had like a hundred and something receiving yards. Sophomore season, playing on a field with Joshua Kelly, with Najee Harris, with Irv Smith Jr., with Jalen Waddle, with Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, he had 42 receptions, 693 yards, and six touchdowns. That ranked him on that team. This is how deep Alabama was. He was fifth in the receptions and fifth in receiving yards with 42 receptions, 693 yards, and six touchdowns. I mean, fifth on that team as a true sophomore. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, they still had Tua, they still had Jalen Hurts. We know Jerry Judy's probably going to be a first round pick. He was a highly touted recruit. We know that people are going to love Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle because of their impressive speed. But this six foot, 175 pound player, Devonta Smith, what is he really? Can he really develop 600 yards? Maybe he's got a ceiling of a thousand yards potentially in his career at Alabama. Maybe, I don't really know. Well, let's see what he ended up doing in his junior season, that season where people really didn't know if Devonta Smith was going to be good or not. All he did was lead the team in the receiving yards, second in receptions. He had 68 receptions, 1,256 yards, averaging 18.5 yards of reception, led the team in, in touchdowns that year with 14. So more production than Jerry Judy, a hell of a lot more productive than Henry Ruggs, the first wide receiver taken in the 2020 NFL draft. He had 40 receptions, 746 yards and seven touchdowns. And then Jalen Waddle, the explosive, explosive playmaker, big fan of Jalen Waddle. I believe his ceiling is, is, is ridiculously high. You know, a lot of people want to talk about Henry Ruggs being the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that we've seen. No, no. Jalen Waddle is probably the closest thing. A healthy Jalen Waddle is the closest thing to a Tyreek Hill that we've ever seen come through the NFL. And unfortunately for Waddle, he snapped his ankle in half. So we don't know what his his outlook is going to be uh, moving forward. Hopefully throughout the pre-draft process, some of that stuff will clear up. But Devonta Smith on a team with a lot of targets to be distributed, with a lot of receiving weapons out there for Tua to throw the ball to, led that team in receiving yards second in receptions to Jerry Judy by just a handful and led the team in touchdowns. So after his junior season, when Jerry Judy declared for the NFL draft, when Henry Ruggs declared for the NFL draft, a lot of people thought Devonta Smith was going to too declare and go out. 
You know, a lot of people I'm seeing evaluators say he's a third round pick. He's a second round pick. Well, what he decides to do is hop back, come back for his senior season. He and Najee Harris return for their senior year. Now, I know a lot of people, they just, oh, senior year. If, if they come back for their senior year, something is up. They've got to stink. It's it, something, something is wrong. They want to dominate as seniors, you know, and that to me can go one or two ways. If you come back for your final season of college football, you damn it better dominate. And I mean dominate. If you go out there and have this pedestrian type season, you you, you look slow. You don't produce the clip that we think you should produce. Like that tanks it, man. Why don't you come out as a junior? You go back for your senior year and you can't even dominate. You can't command the majority of targets on your team, the receiving yards, the touchdowns. <laughs> Devonta Smith, he made the right decision. And when you're talking about this 2020 season, man, to, to be honest with you, the college season sucks. Like it's it's absolute shit, man. I mean, players are, are teams are, are are games are being canceled. Players are opting in, opting out after three weeks. Some teams didn't start playing till last damn weekend. It, it it's it's really it's it's not even a real college season. Just watching it, I'm just fucking watching it just to watch it at this point. It's it's just it's not what. It's not what college football is. It's not what the spirit of college football embodies. But Devonta Smith, damn it, in this COVID-induced season, he better be producing. He better look like he is like that dude, the alpha on that team. And working against him uh, was the the lack of training camp, the lack of preparation time. The SEC did not start play uh, as early as the ACC did. So working against him and, you know, COVID, there are players that are, are, are being quarantined on game day and, and missing to a tongue of our Lowell who went early in the NFL draft. Like this is a completely different space around Devonta Smith's comfort zone, but he has an opportunity to step up and be the guy. He and Jalen Waddle had this opportunity to show I came back for one more year and I'm going to dominate. And what has he done in 2020? He's done just that. He has 100% improved his draft stock. If he was a third round pick before, damn it, he's high second into first. If he was a second round pick last year, you're talking about a player who's probably going to be a top 20 pick in the NFL draft. Therefore, I don't give a damn what you think about his weight. You better be, you better be hip to game and paying attention to who this player is and figuring out if this is somebody that you want to invest in for your dynasty teams. And I'm telling you right now, I am. I am. I've seen some wild ass comps out out there and you guys know me I ain't big on the comp game that's just not what I do there are other people and there are other services go to playerprofiler.com if you want to find comps that have some meaning behind it some data behind it but the play style comp for me and I, I've seen this floated around a lot Marvin Harrison and that's who he reminds me of he reminds me of a yak route running sure-handed wide receiver that he's going to go early and when you're looking at his production this season, in in limited games, in eight games, in 
eight games, he's got 72 receptions, career best, 1,074 yards and 12 touchdowns, averaging 14.9 yards per reception. They've got him out there playing fucking punt returner, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and he's doing it with a quarterback not named Tua. Now, Mac Jones is pretty damn good in his own right, but when you're talking about commanding, being the guy on his team, Yes, Jalen Waddle was right there with him. Jalen Waddle was hurt after uh, during week five of the college football season. But the next closest receiver to him is John Mechie, a true sophomore, 31 receptions to Devonta Smith, 72, 590 yards to Devonta Smith's 1,074, and six touchdowns to Devonta Smith's 12. That's who the second best receiver is. All the attention that defenses that defenses give the wide receivers on Alabama are geared to Devonta Smith and they cannot stop him. He's uncoverable. He's unstoppable. And the excuse of, well, is it Tua that made the receivers or did the receivers make Tua? Well, there is no Tua there. There is no Tua. So that argument goes out of the window. What Devonta Smith has done over the last three games has been, is, is insane insane. His last three games, 27 receptions, 518 yards, and eight touchdowns. He is now the SEC's all-time leader in receiving touchdowns in SEC history. Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy. Think about every damn wide receiver that played in the in the SEC. A.J. Green. We're talking about Peerless Price at Tennessee. Think about all of them. All of them. Most touchdowns in SEC history, and he still has games to go. He still has games to go. Devonta Smith is a special, special talent. He has the high school recruiting profile. He has the collegiate resume. He has the conference playing in a power five. This isn't a player like Andy Isabella who played at fucking UMass and was destroying UMass competition. This isn't somebody that played in the Mountain West or the, the Sun Belt Conference and they put up monster numbers against inferior competition. He's going against the best best of the best in the best conference in college football, and they cannot stop him. So if you're going to be the guy who wants to pass on a player who uh, I saw a tweet from, from somebody that, that I know that played the game, that, that does this, that studies this, that pays attention to the college game that says he does Devonta Smith does everything better than Jamar Chase everything. He's a better route runner. He's just as aggressive going at the ball in air. He has better hands. He's more explosive than Jamar Chase. The only thing that Jamar Chase has that Devonta Smith doesn't is 20 pounds. That's that's really it. That is really, a lot of people think Jamar Chase is some monster wide receiver. He's six foot, 200 pounds. So he's not this big, imposing, I'm hearing crazy talk. Let me just tell y'all now. This ain't a Jamar Chase show. Jamar Chase is dope. Jamar Chase is talented. Jamar Chase is not a generational wide receiver. He's not the best wide receiver since Julio Jones, and he may not be the best wide receiver in this 2021 NFL draft class. When we're looking at these incoming players, man, I've said it multiple times on my show. I'm going to say it a ton on this show. Check the Twitter feed. 
the 2020 and the 2021 class, those two classes are going to usher in an entire new wave of NFL talent, high-end talent. And we're already seeing that in the NFL now with players like Justin Jefferson. We're seeing T. Higgins being quarterback-proof. We see flashes from these running backs, Antonio Gibson blowing up on, on Thanksgiving Day. We saw Jonathan Taylor get ready to break out, and then COVID hit him. We've seen flashes from Clyde edwards Lair and DeAndre Swift. I mean, this class is absolutely outstanding, but this next group with Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore and Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and Justin Fields and Trevor, this 2021 class, folks, is going to be outstanding. And a player like Devonta Smith, if the NFL draft rolls around and the first wide receiver off of the Board. Much to the, the surprise of a lot of people when it wasn't CeeDee Lamb and it was not Jerry Judy or Justin Jefferson when the first wide receiver was Henry Ruggs, which horrible pick, then even worse pick now. I mean, uh, I saw Ruggs trending on Twitter today because he caught a fucking 30 yard pass. Like if that's what <laughs> if that's what it takes for us to get excited, then you'd know that that player is just give him the ball. For, how? How? He didn't get the ball at Alabama. He wasn't able to create separation at Bama outside of just being a fast guy. I mean, listen, I, I had high hopes for Henry Ruggs too, but as a consistent consistent fantasy scorer, I, I just don't see that happening anytime ever in his future. Zero range of outcome. Devonta Smith is a hell of a lot better wide receiver than Henry Ruggs. He's a more complete wide receiver than Rondell Moore. He's just as good a wide receiver as my top guys, Rondell Moore, and Jamar Chase. And when we get to the NFL draft, I will not be shocked one bit. And you won't be shocked one bit either because I'm saying it here first. If Devonta Smith is the first wide receiver drafted in 2021.